Welcome to Telerotor RC. This is episode 18 titled Auto Rotations. This is Robert Monty, and with me I have Michael Shaggy Parker. Robert, let me smash. <laughs> and Mike DePaulo. You should totally not smash the helicopter. Turn off your vacuum cleaner. I heard the word air conditioner. Everything else was just really overblown by the AC. There is no AC. It's turned off. That is the noisiest environment I've ever heard. So, in the... uh, What we've done since the last episode, uh, I have down for myself... uh, I've been continuing my uh, competition practice. And, uh, you know, for part of that has been uh, flying maneuvers, doing a bit of gyro tuning as uh, I got the new Futaba CGY 760. So um, getting getting some things fine-tuned for myself in competition. Uh, after that, uh, I finally got a hold of the Yoxy 2 from Shaggy. I'll never see that heli again. Uh, not going to happen. Nope. Um, now, if at anyone, least not in one piece. If anyone would like to uh, help either one of us and is uh, not looking to or is looking to sell their Oxy 2, I may be interested in the sale. Um, or maybe I'll buy one for Shaggy as a gift to replace the one I've stolen from him. No, I like those MKS 480s because you never can get them anymore and it really irritates Mike and that's what I like about it. Yeah, well, um, don't care, don't care, don't care. Yeah. Um, Possession is nine-tenths of the law. I have possession right now. I'm flying it. Yeah, so please, <laughs> if anybody is selling one, contact him quick because I really want that heli back. <laughs> I miss flying it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, we uh, Shaggy and I went to uh, RCHO this last Saturday, so we're recording on the Monday after Easter. Yeah, we're, we were actually you know involved in the hobby like some people we know and actually had to deal with family on Easter. <laughs> no. We're dealing with our heli family, and uh, yeah. Apollo has crippled himself in his in his uh, camper somehow with audio issues. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I got to flying it. Uh, you know, I I uh, was watching the wind temperature, or wind temperature, the uh, wind speeds down there, and whatever weather station was reporting was putting them there at Saturday at about 15 mile an hour wind. And I was out there flying the Oxy too. Um, it was a great orientation practice. I was actually, uh, been practicing inverted, uh, orientations and, um, you know, it, it did a really good job. Uh, I could, I could keep it flat in Puros. The wind would push it around, but, uh, I couldn't counter against the wind all that well, but I was countering, you know, the helicopter and keeping it level. So I was you, happy about that. You were doing a really good job for the size of it and the wind. <laughs> you were actually doing really well with it. 
Uh, <laughs> thanks. I know at one point I was like, let me test this. And I put it up into a stall turn and went full negative and it just held itself there straight in the wind. It didn't push itself <laughs> anywhere because eh, I didn't, you know, it doesn't have a ton of pitch. And um, hold, hold, hold. <laughs> yeah, the bailout doesn't work all that fast. But, uh, you know, yeah. the only reason you bail out is because you flip it inverted and you hit throttle hold. And you want to mm-hmm. see if it'll spool back up really quick before it smashes the ground because the intention was to smash it in the ground. <laughs> yeah, he he. Once he took off the first tooth of the brand new main gear I put in there after I took out this mini teeth, he just said, "Screw it, let's smash it." It's already it's already broken. Now we got to just break it even harder. Run into the run into the tall grass. Run into the ground. Run into the gravel. Destroy the blades. <laughs> break the skid. Try to spool it back up while it's inverted. See if a chicken dance back upright and takes off. Yeah, the, the, you know, the only reason I didn't take off and continue, you know, the other 30 seconds of flight remaining on the timer was because um, uh, I thought I broke a skid, but in reality it popped out and uh, I didn't have a piece of uh, two by four handy to prop it up to fly off of. <laughs> Otherwise, I I'd have we thrown it. thrown it. Yeah, we, we thought about that in hindsight. That was totally, you know, it was too far after. Yeah, you already unplugged the battery and put it away when, when we thought yeah. about it. And the crazy thing is the canopy lived through all of it. I'm surprised. That thing is brittle. It freaking cracked in my hands before. Actually, it wasn't really me. It was Mark really cracked it, but... Or, no, Mark didn't crack it. It, it came broken in the... Whatever. It, it, no. Yeah, I, you know, I've been flying my backup bird because it has a new gyro on it. My bird that uh, I'm counting for a thousand flights, I was just looking at it. I haven't done any more, much more flying on it. So, I'm 28 flights away from a thousand. Uh, something tells me this weekend I'm going to get out and practice and I may bring the backup birds just so, or the, the primary bird, bird A, and compare them uh, back to back and see if there's, you know, a little more tuning to be done with my uh, my backup bird. Make sure uh, that he, what he's trying to do is trying to make sure that they're both identical because once that other one hits a thousand, it's going to explode. <laughs> he, he, he's, so he's got to have the other one just to, to kind of replicate it because once it explodes, it's done. No more. <laughs> I'm not exploding it after a thousand flights. We're going to make sure that you're going to fly and we'll try to get Casey to take the bowling ball cannon and try to just fire, try to hit it. You know, uh, the interesting thing is that there are others around the eastern half of the U.S. who are hoping that a bowling ball will go through uh, DePaulo's camper. Yes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, uh, RCHO was a lot of fun. It was great to see everyone. Uh, Jay did a little contest, uh, which was which was fun to watch the guys uh, throw down. Um, it became a bit of a crash fest. Yes, but, uh, that's what some fun flies are. Uh, I think towards the uh, end of that contest, it, uh, it was a new saying came up of RCHO or helicopters go to die. RCKO <laughs> or <and> also RCKO. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a there was a fun amount of uh, smashed uh, smashing going on for uh, for for as fun, me, few of us out there having fun. They still had a really good turnout though for an Easter weekend. Uh, you know, there was I think about thirty of us out there and uh, a lot of family out there too. So it was uh, it was good to see everyone. Um, Shaggy, how about you? What have you done since the last episode? All right, well, so I'm gonna uh, start off here. Um, so I uh, finally hit. The big old 300 on my fireball hit 300 flights on there. At the time, only two crashes, which is great. 
<laughs> um, totally didn't smash again at all. So we're gonna we're gonna pass on by that. We didn't smash. Uh, so now we got okay. What else we got there? We got Hobby Wing ESCs. No, unfortunately, I did smash it. I did smash the fireball on Tuesday, which is almost a week ago. Uh, basically, was doing a tail slide pirouetting TikTok, and that I will transition to a full blown uh, pirouette flip. And in transaction two, I didn't transition soon enough, and I just slammed the son of a bitch into the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, I drove that tail right in the ground, and unfortunately, I broke my Rototech blades. I'm so, I didn't care about the heli. I just cared about those blades, and now they're broken, and I can't use them. I'm so sad. Those blades are awesome. I had to go back to the Stocks SAB blades, which, by the way, are shit. Okay, I'm not going to say that they are good blades, but they're not good for what I like to do with it. The Rototex were great for real low to the, low to the ground smack. The SAB blades, because of the profile and everything, the swept tip at the end, Rototex are that, but they're not as big. And also the weight on the SABs are, um, they're they're heavier on the tips, so they're great for they're great for tracking and speed flying, you know, big air and stuff like that. The uh, Rototex are great for low to the ground smacking and stuff, and that's what I like about the uh, Rototex. So it doesn't fly as good now with the SABs because they're mostly big air flying blades. So uh, I smashed that sucker and. Got it flying two days later, and then, you know, I got it flying Thursday, and then Saturday, Rob and I went to RCHO. Um, got the Hobbywing ESCs for my uh, two E7SEs. Uh, unfortunately, I had to buy the one with the VEC because Monty wouldn't shut up. <laughs> and I keep on forgetting my receiver pack, and it's scaring me. Cause I go to the, <laughs> I, like, I came to the field today, I'm thinking, shoot, I forgot my receiver pack. Then I realized I don't need it yet. Which it's not. You, don't, you don't need it again. You don't need it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got those ESCs from uh, Shannon at Only Fine Hellies. Uh, I did a lot of business with Shannon this week. <laughs> <laughs> bought ESCs, you know, bought fireball parts, bought oxy parts. Yeah, um, it was a, uh, you know, that, that reminds me, seeing Shannon at the uh, Funfly was great. And Caleb, I mean, I haven't seen Caleb since probably Mowdown. Dude, he's not it, tall. He, young man, young man got tall <laughs> really fast, uh, and uh, yeah, he's enjoy flying. And then, uh, yeah, Shannon's out there, got his new trailer set up, and uh, oh, it looks great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Got all the parts he's got out there with us. Yeah, what's funny is is well, I'll get to that later, but well, I'm just going to it now because we're on the topic. But after everyone literally smashed their crap, everybody just rushed right into the trailer and started buying <laughs> buying parts from Shannon. That was that was cool seeing that. It's like it was like there's no one on the field. No one's flying. Where is everyone? In the trailer. <laughs> it was this big crowd in the trailer. Yeah. I think uh I think th- I think he did really well on business that day. <laughs> Cuz I think everybody bought something from him. And and yeah. you know that 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 right there is what's great about uh about Shannon is you know he's a, he's just a you know small time hobby store, but that he doesn't he does he's not just there selling parts at his own place. He's going out to fun flies. He's interacting with people, and he's bringing his stuff with you know with him. So you can get the parts you need there, and that's that's real cool. He's not he doesn't just go to local events. He goes to far out events too. Yeah, he was down at uh, Birmingham a few weeks ago, and he goes to uh, Delaware HOD. He was there too. Yep. 
Yep. So it's great to see great uh, support. Shan- yeah, great support from uh, Shannon and Caleb. Yeah. So after another thing I've been doing since the last month of us talking, uh, working on my hobby shed. Uh, I'm still working on that. I've got the flooring down. Uh, walls are all drywalled. Getting the cabinets all ready. Uh, they're old old cabinets because the in our kitchen we uh, got new cabinets so a while ago. So taking the old cabinets out and cleaning them up, getting all the paint off and staining the wood. It's nice nice oak wood. So I got to get that nice and purdy. Uh, putting the siding on right now, and so that that should be it's slowly getting there, and then I'll have a lot of room for for aircrafts, which is great. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, so then basically yeah, RCHO. Went there with Rob, got up at four in the freaking morning. <laughs> and I didn't mean to wake up that early, but I was up. And uh, so Monty and I, we left the, I met him at the field. We left here around, what, 6.30? It was 6.30. It was 6.30 in the morning. 6.30 uh, after we packed up, yeah. Yep. And uh, we surprisingly got there at nine, two and a half hours. And that was after we stopped and ate breakfast at uh, Sheets. Yeah, Sheets. Right down the street from the yeah, field. Which, yeah. That kind of scares us both because it's like it's a three-hour drive. Your GPS said we'll get there at nine thirty. What the hell? <laughs> and you weren't uh, speeding. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. Well, I, I didn't do over eighty. <laughs> no, well, the speed limit is seventy. So not the you, whole way. Most of the way. Um, a lot of it, yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, when you go through Richmond, you hit a a lot of seventy or not seventy, but sixty and fifty-five. Yeah, but that's only like like a couple miles distance. No, it's 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 longer than you think, but uh, it opens oh, up, but no. they still keep the speed limit the same, which is. I I wasn't paying whatever. attention. I wasn't paying attention because you were showing me videos of the Grand Tour and freaking drifting people exploding cars. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, Cletus McFarland, a YouTube channel, and then Jim Connor ten Ken Block, the Hoonigans. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the Grand Tour. Um, and then after that, we started playing heavy metal, which I'm not into at all, but I started head- headbanging. <laughs> um, we did more of that on the way back, just to stay awake. So another really cool thing that uh, after we got there, uh, very windy. Uh, you know, like you were saying, about 15, 15 or 20 miles per hour winds. 15, uh, yeah. 15. And uh, boy, was it was it windy. <laughs> it was very windy. Uh, yeah. Basically, overall, I got a uh, I got eight flights in the Fireball, two flights on the E7 uh, competition model, and two flights in the Logo, and uh, everything everything came home in one piece. Unlike most other people, <laughs> a lot of well, that's crashes. not nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I call myself lucky because even you crashed. Well, it was my honest. helicopter you crashed, but it was still you. <laughs> you still crashed. Let's be honest. I I uh, I didn't crash because I dumb thumbed it. It was more like, hey, it's time for the clown hour. It was it's time for the clown hour, and I just put it up and hit throttle hold while I was inverted and watched it drop out of the sky. <laughs> Pretty much, and then slammed into the gravel and freaking chewed up my blades. Yeah. Oh, you know we missed the best part of that is when uh, Bella decided that that uh, crackjack airplane no longer oh, belonged. Yeah, Bella t- just took out that crackjack and just destroyed. It. it was like a brand new crackjack. It looked to be. It looked brand new, and then, yep. Once, uh, once that plane got in the ground, <laughs> Bella just tore the shit out of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in the trash can it goes. Yep. 
Yeah, so like it was funny is no one was crashing at all. It was very uh abnormal for RCHO until that's Jay, not true yeah it, there was hardly any crashes and then until jay started up his competition then everyone crashed well i think there was no crashes because everyone had crashed on friday night that is also true there was a well i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna mention the, <clears throat> crash had, in the <clears throat> light pole they had some notable crashes <laughs> and better than a power line yeah. <laughs> someone someone should take on the nickname of uh, light post. <laughs> he's already got he's already got the name Scarecrow, so he can't he can't take on two names. Yeah, Scare or or Scarecrow when he comes to the Spring Fl- or to the to Fredericksburg and and then Lightpole when he when he's at RCHO. <laughs> uh but yeah, what's funny is there was six competitors, I was included, and only two of us uh did not smash, and that was uh St- Scott Graham and myself. We did not crash. Scott Graham, but, Scott Graham messed up his goblin later on when later he, uh, on the night. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he, did that did that elevator flip to a right side up in an auto and uh, why uh, and, and started uh, started uh, digging a trench with his tail <laughs> and then broke off his vertical fin and but he, but went flew. looked at it and hovered it afterwards. Yep. <laughs> I broke off yeah. my vertical on the fireball as well by doing very similar. I was doing an auto with it, but had a very low RPM, so and I mm. kind of just plowed it in, but it didn't break. Just a vertical. Uh, but yeah, there was some epic crashes. Uh, uh, there was some pretty epic crashes there. And, uh, one of them was, uh, let's see, you've got, um, Dan Murnane. He, uh, crashed his, uh, good old nitro fly bar. He was throwing down hard with that thing. Like he was, he was doing Lincoln style elevator, t- uh, um, elevator, elevator, TikToks, uh, side in and just. I mean, tail, like, almost on the ground each time, and then eventually he touched the tail and, you know, stripped his gears and plow. <laughs> but overall, it was, like, blades, links, and gears. That was it. Maybe a main shaft and feather shaft, but, you know, you have to dig in the Don't forget out. the fly bar. No. He took that thing, and he straightened it right back out. Just grabbed it. Done. <laughs> What's yeah. funny is one of his paddles... We'll see if that, that lasts that long yeah. or ends up replacing it. Yeah. One of, yeah, one of, the, um, one of the blades... Did strike his uh, paddle, but it just it didn't crack. It just left the dent, it did, or a small little ding, because it's a carbon fiber paddle. But it didn't shatter. It didn't crack it. It just uh, just put an indent into it. So it, mm. it may be okay. Who knows? Um, so that was one. Uh, another one was uh, uh, Mark Herring, uh, smashed the shit out of his uh, logo five fifty in an overspeed. It was like overspeed and didn't pop. Uh, that that was unfortunate because that was, I mean, he destroyed that helicopter. Uh, that was sad to see because he just got it going with a new ESC. Yeah. And then, then we witnessed a uh, a Protos uh, Evolution seven hundred <sighs> yard sail across the ground. Yeah, that was <laughs> oh, eight yard sail. Uh, it's it's gone. Tail blades were good. <laughs> that was the only thing that were good on that helicopter. It was tail blades, but I mean, he. I think what was he doing? Elevator elevator flips? Or, or no, big, he was doing loops? he was doing big loops uh, on elevator and and just yeah. got too low. I I heard the motor just bog like he was trying like oh shit you know and trying to like pop it and just pull out of it, but it was too low because I heard the motor bog down and then smash. Oh, it went in with speed and prejudice. Oh yeah, it came. It went with a lot of force. 
<laughs> yeah, that one. That one's a uh, uh, finished. So much force that he had. R- he had a um, R1T uh, expert R1T tail servo in there, and it's got the removable servo lead, which is great because on the Protos uh, Evolution, the servo is mounted on the tail boom. It got launched like a hundred feet away. He, he had a big search part. He realized, like, where's my servo? Oh, crap. That's right. So they we, went back out there and we nabbed went, it. Yep. We went back out there and finally found it. And it was like 100 feet away from the impact crater. And I mean crater. Yeah. And then, last but not least, the granddaddy of them all, Caleb Turner, exploded <laughs> his T-Rex 700 electric. Yeah. And when oh, my gosh. This, this one was spectacular. It's such a rare situation it sucks it really sucks but it makes for a good fun fly crash yeah the video is getting a lot of hits but uh oh gosh dude let's just say for people that are on facebook you can look up the video on our um Telerator page and if you are not on facebook but still like the wit you know still like to watch the video i have it uploaded on my personal youtube channel uh, and the link will be in the description. But, uh, yeah. Let's just say he split the heli in half. Uh, not quite. RC heli news. Any good news? Um. First crash reports of uh, new Krakens. I haven't seen a crash report Ooh, of a Kraken. Have you? Crash. I want to see a Kraken crash. Hmm. Well, I mean, by the time this podcast publishes, we'll probably have Kraken Funfly video. Um, also, I mean, uh, I see pictures of the new Oxy 5. Yeah, why don't you give me my Oxy 2 back and you go get a 5? No. <laughs> No, I don't want a five. It does look cool, though. Not a lot to it. What's this thing swinging? No, it's like five, fifteen, five, sixteen, whatever. And I think there's like stretch kits available to go all the way up to six hundred. Huh. I I heard them mention that one time somewhere. Yeah. Oh, here's some news. Even though it's uh. It's old news, but hooligans are back. Yeah. Uh, About damn time. <laughs> Which reminds me, in the last podcast, I forgot to uh, mention the other podcast. I was uh, I was kind of bummed I forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick distracted us. I'm not blaming Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a am. Late, it's a late night. Yeah, it, it was pretty late. Yep. Um, we ain't gonna forget tonight. Yeah, Oxy Five is that. Oh, and uh, VTX six oh seven blades. Yes, uh, yes. I, wanna, see that out I there. want to get a set of those six oh sevens. Yeah, I want to try out those six oh sevens, and they are. Hey, they've been testing those blades out on a uh, Logo six hundred SX as kind of like the primary test testing model, and uh, which so just, which just so happens I have one. So those blades, uh, I definitely want to get a set of those blades and put them on my uh, logo. That's awesome. Um, 
Well, yep, that's what our, that's it for RC Heli Dues. VTX six oh seven blades. We're starting to see uh starting to see some uh noise that those are coming. And the Oxy five pictures. Um by the time the show publishes, uh you know, whatever Fataba is announced at uh Huntsville should be news. Um I see mention of the uh of servos in the seven sixty, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so the topic du jour. Let's get this started. Auto rotations. So uh, I'd like to thank Scott Graham for. Uh, uh, I I asked him. He said, "Episode auto rotations." I said, "There's a lot of variables," and he says, "That's exactly why you should do it." <laughs> and he's right. And yeah, he's got a, he's, he's, he's a, it's a good topic to tackle. And that's kind of what was keeping us awake on the way home that night. A little. Yeah. Because, uh, that and playing uh heavy death metal and freaking <laughs> like laughing at freaking every damn thing that, that we talked about, including uh coming back and um putting a big old hole in Mike's camper with a bowling ball cannon. Yep. <laughs> Casey just smiled and grinned. <laughs> <laughs> tell 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 Casey that someone else actually brought it up about sending one through his roof. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, auto rotations. So it's uh, auto rotations are important. It's important to be able to do it uh, because you know there's going to be that time when your helicopter isn't quite right you hit throttle hold and 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 uh, the more you practice autos the better chance you have of uh uh not not spending money that you don't have to in order to bring a heli back that may be acting poorly the best way to learn how to auto is flying a nitro into the fuel runs out <laughs> that's not the best way it's not the best way but you'll learn real quick because that's exactly how I started learning autos. That's yeah, not the best way for two reasons. One, it's not practicing, and two, you're gonna you're gonna run your engine lean, and you're gonna hurt your nitro engine. <laughs> Why do you have to be right sometimes? Yeah, no. Um, auto rotations are a good thing. One, uh, help you save a heli. It's you know that you may have uh, you know your engine may have cut off, or you may notice a shimmy or a shake, and you know, you need to, you need to, uh, you, you may have noticed something, you need to bring the model back. So you get it, uh, get it into a proper spot, hit throttle hold, bring it back. Or maybe the tail quits on you, you know, you get a, you get a tail failure, you need to throttle hold and, and, and bring the bird back. Uh, last but not least is, uh, you know, uh, doing autos purposely, you know, turning off that motor and doing some cool aerobatics. That's cool. <laughs> yes. It becomes a fun, fun, fun activity that we like to do at Fun Flies, actually. Yeah. Um, auto so. Horse. Yeah, they like to play a game of uh, horse with auto rotations. Usually, uh, pick an auto, and everyone participating does the auto. And and if uh, they don't do it so well, then they earn a letter, and you keep going. And kind of um, like doing uh, certain maneuvers, it will, um, or or even flying in in front of other people, it kind of gives you the uh, the pressure to kind of push yourself to do new maneuvers that you're not quite sure that you can do or have not haven't done in real life yet that you can do on the sim it's the same thing you know monty said okay i'm gonna do this maneuver and he called it out he did it it's like okay your turn i'm thinking uh i'm not doing that he's like yeah you are uh that or you get a letter i'm thinking well 
you know, the next letter is R and I don't want to be a whore. <laughs> so send it. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a good fun game. But yeah, they're fun to do. They you know it, it's a, it becomes uh, something that you look forward to doing, and it's also you know good to do for if you ever need in that in that emergency situation, which yep. we've all been there. And if you haven't, you're gonna be one day. Yeah, I know. Um, I've had. I've had uh, I've had ESCs on you know manufacturers I won't mention, but it's not my current gear. I've had them I've had them shut off the gov and and shut off throttle signal on me, so I've been forced into autos. Uh, I know DePaulo. Uh, I had him fly my Thunder Tiger uh, once, and um, uh, it was known that the tail gear in that could uh, uh, explode if you were rough with it. Um, yeah, it exploded for DePaulo. He hit throttle hold and, uh, he brought the heli back down on, uh, three pieces, the helicopter and the gear split in two. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah. All the blades, everything. It was all good. Um, so yeah, there's definitely situations where it helps past that, uh, you know, um, there's definitely situations where it helps and, um, it's, it's worth it to know it. Um, about the longest tail exploded auto rotation I've ever done in my life. <laughs> like, uh, it was uh, setting up for an auto, went really high, and the tail page shot out of the N7. And that was a two minute long, at least a minute, maybe pushing a minute and a half long auto rotation. Yeah. That was fun. Blink at it and come fly. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes parts pop apart. It can save your, save your, save your hide and get to keep having fun. Um, first, I will say this: when it comes to practicing autos, doing one auto every flight is not practice. No. <laughs> Maybe in ten years you'll be good at autos. <laughs> you need to go out there and have a dedicated battery or tank of fuel, and just. Do it every time. That's the only way you're going to feel comfortable because you do it once per flight. You're like, okay, I got that out of the way. I'm done. You put it back on the bench. But you do it over and over again. Then you start getting the feel of what you need to do. You know, the proper flare, uh, the you know, proper descend, the proper flare and everything. The timing gets, get, gets more precise. One flight of autos would be equivalent to a year of just flying one auto at the end of a flight. <laughs> yeah I, I know a lot of times what i'll do is i will do uh my sequence for competition and that usually leaves me about four minutes of uh flying time afterwards four to eight minutes and um i'll just sit down and start knocking out autos uh four minutes of it which can be a lot actually because you're only using what 30 20 seconds of of flight time to go up. Yeah. Yeah. You're not using much. Yeah. You're not using much power to, you're not using tons of power to get, get the helicopter airborne and get it back up into the, you know, for me, I, I practice the 180 degree auto rotation that's done in the expert sequence. And 
So it doesn't take too long to get the model back up there. But yeah, um, you know, that's one of the nice things about telemetry is I can I can fly around and then I can do a bunch of autos and then I can go fly around and mix that up a lot. And I can, uh, you know, at the end, I'll, I'll fly out the capacity of the battery and, and use it to its fullest, which is a nice thing about telemetry, but also makes it, uh, you know, fun to practice autos because I'll just... Keep going until the telemetry tells me I'm done. But uh, yeah, it's I'll go out there and do like four minutes or yeah, like like Shaggy's talking about. Sometimes I'll go out there and I'll just do autos. Um, set up different autos like uh, stall turn autos, loop autos, 180 autos, loops, loop and 180, stall, uh, you know, uh, stall turn, pyro, then hit hit throttle hold, just, just, uh, imagination. Uh, I know one auto I usually, uh, I've been challenging some of the guys to is, uh, an auto rotation where you come across the field inverted, push forward on the elevator to put the model up into a stall turn. Uh, once you stall, hit throttle hold, uh, pirouette 180. So now you're diving again and then push forward elevator to put the model flat and now you're inverted flat coming across the field and then do a um, 140 degree roll and then do a 180 back down to in front of you. Ooh, um, I don't know yeah. about that one. Yeah, that that's one that uh, I challenged Raja to. And I can tell you both both of us. It doesn't look pretty, but it's a uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fun challenge for guys who who uh, are confident with autos. But but the interesting thing is you're combining you know the you're combining all these things like the stall turn you know hitting a stall turn and hitting throttle hold you're not you're not in a state where you're holding a lot of RPM doing the doing the 180 pyro means you're kind of robbing a little bit of speed from the rotor head and then you're into a dive if you really get that stall turn properly you're you're vertical you're in a dive. Um, so you dive just for a short bit and then you gently push on the elevator because you don't want to you don't want to. Uh, pitch that heli hard because um, that'll that'll lose head speed and then you you won't be able to you know fly across roll and do a 180 down so once you're in that once you're in that horizontal orientation inverted you uh you, you're working the collective just right to keep the head speed good and then you got to make sure you roll the proper direction because um, if i'm doing this where i'm coming back going left to right i want to do left aileron because that's only about 140 degree roll for that 180 for that 180 degree auto rotation I'm gonna do, but if you do a right aileron roll, you're gonna have to roll like 210 degrees. It robs a lot of head speed. It was it was interesting. Uh, I've challenged some guys to it, and they're really used to right aileron rolls, not left aileron rolls, and they they kept going for right and scaring the heck out of themselves. <laughs> Um, the Apollo, I think was there the first time I did this auto at nighttime. Uh, I did it way up high. Uh, I did it way up high just so I could, if I needed to, I could bail out. With the rolling auto? The, the, the stall turn, that stall turn, inverted stall turn rolling auto with the 180 on it. Yeah, that was all spooky. <laughs> yeah, the first time I did it, it was spooky. That was for sure. But you know, um, it's high enough. Uh, high enough. My blades are tight enough. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. My model, I can hit. I can hit. Uh, I can turn off throttle hold, and the model will spool back up without issue. Which, uh, which brings me into, which brings me into a uh, model setup for autos. Uh, first item I have here is uh, ESC bailout. You kind of uh, need that just in case. 
I mean, I, I started doing autos and your auto horse knowing that I didn't have that. So that made me extra nervous. Yeah. I was at HOD. I was freaking freaking out because if I screwed up once, I'm not able to spool up. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, if you're setting up your model new and you don't do autos yet, I I would still highly encourage you to set up your model to have the ability to do bailout. Um, you can you can set it up to do so and then adjust it when you want to actually enable it from your radio later. That way you don't have to, uh, like if you're running Castle, you don't have to redo the uh, uh, teaching the Castle your endpoints. For example, on a Castle ESC, if you set it up without uh, bailout enabled and then you teach it endpoints, it learns those endpoints. And if you turn on bailout in the uh, in the Castle ESC, it resets your endpoints. So you have to do your endpoints again. So I would I would highly encourage you uh, to set up bailout from the get-go um, and start learning that that has that there and how to properly treat it with your transmitter. Um, the next part of this would be the bailout speed. So uh, a lot of ESCs will give you the ability to control how fast it spools back up or, or if you're using your Flybars controller uh, to control this for you know governing, they'll give you the ability to control just how fast it spools back up when you want to bail out of an auto rotation. Um, make sure you get those. The way I usually test bailout speed is... Uh, and people will hand me, you know, they'll, they'll hand me a model and they say, uh, you know, I don't know if it's ready for, for autos. So I'll go out with them and, and we'll set the helicopter down and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hover it, get it up to full speed. And then um, I'll keep it like a, a, about two feet off the ground. I'll hit throttle hold and then I'll instantly uh, turn off throttle hold. Uh, all the while managing the heli to, to, to stop it from hitting the ground unless it unless I see the ESC isn't coming back at two feet off the ground um, I can set the model down no harm you know and be like well it's not set up right it didn't come back fast enough it, it went to like a you know throttle hold showed it zero signal and went back to slow spool up or it's not enabled like they thought it was um, that's how I test the bailout speed uh, I also do it you know, I'll do it on the bench um, with blades off, tail blades and main blades off. Definitely remember to take those two off. But I'll test on the bench just to make sure I got it enabled. Testing the difference between slow spool up. Yeah, I'll test that uh, in the beginning. You know, obviously before you you do anything, just to make sure that you actually have you did it right. You have a bailout. Um, and also, yep. especially on the bench, there is a, uh, it all every gyro uh, with external gov and every ESC is different, but. Know your bailout on bailout. And what I mean by that is the way to shut it off. Because you don't want to be on the ground, landed, your blades slow down to a certain RPM, and you go to... Sp- or stopped. Or stopped. And you, hit, you, you try to spool it up, and it quick starts on the ground. Now you got a freaking lawnmower blade that's chicken dancing on the ground, or about to. Or the tail blows out 90, 180, 360, whatever. Yeah, the tear that the every one of us has experienced oh, it. Oh, it's scary um, as hell. Uh, what I what I would what I would suggest is it happens usually. I I keep a fair amount of negative on the model. <laughs> um, that way, it doesn't take off and be out of control. And then I instantly hit throttle hold again. Go check the model because usually the pirouette beats up the vertical fin since you had it pressed to the ground, and then your tail blades may 
kick around a bunch of crap. So it's worth looking at those before you take off again after doing that. But uh, yeah, definitely um, know your order of operations for for uh, you know uh, you hit throttle hold, you you stopped and talked with somebody after landing the model, and then um, you know the, the rotor had stopped. How to how to show the ESC. Uh, a zero signal so that once it's seen that and you and you flip all your switches back to start flying again it does a slow spool up. so yeah there's multiple different ways on you know multiple different setups and here's a few basics here so there is um so like brain and icon there is a uh on those gyros there is that you can set a timer and th- this is the same thing with e- with hobby wing escs and some other ones as well where you can set a certain uh bailout time so usually you can do like, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, uh, up to like 45 seconds to a minute. Now that doesn't seem long, but believe me, that's long enough. You're not going to, you know, a minute of autoing, you're going to be like 7,000 feet in the air and the blades nearly <laughs> stopped the whole way down, just floating. They reach a minute. It seems longer in person or while you're doing it than what it really is. So 30 seconds, 45 to a minute. And that's plenty of time. Uh, so sometimes they'll have in, you know, internal timers where it will reset after that certain amount of time. But sometimes you finish the auto soon enough, and you want to you know you hit you land on the ground, blades stop or slow down. You want to spool right back up. So you got to kind of reset reset that timer. So it goes back to, sp- to a uh, slow startup. Brain or an icon is you flip the banks. You know you flip your banks. They, it resets it automatically. Hobbywing, um, Castle's another one. Make uh, Hit throttle, um, have a throttle cut switch. Now, throttle cut's always good to have on any of your models. That way, you have kind of a double safety. You have your throttle hold and a throttle cut. Just It's just safe to have. The throttle cut, the throttle hold's going to keep the model, uh, you know, it, it's going to cut the motor off but it's not going to see the esc or the external gov is not going to see a full zero but the throttle cut will show the esc a, th- a full zero uh, a true zero so once it sees a full zero it's going to go back to a soft start yep and you know make sure you have you know like if you're using Icon of Brain or some similar gyros like that, they'll they'll say it'll reset on the banks. Make sure you just and usually I'll do that just in case. Even if the timer has expired and I know it has, I will still flip the banks. I know it's resetted, or hit throttle hold or, or throttle cut to reset it just in case. It's always good to do that. Yeah, and I I would I would agree. So how it usually works for me is I'll be flying them all around. Uh, I'll hit throttle hold, and uh, I land the model, and then I know if uh, I'm going to talk for a second or rest for a second, I'll hit my throttle cut switch, and that shows at zero. Um, and then after that, I will uh, I'm going to take off again. I will hit the uh, throttle cut off, and then I'll hit throttle hold off, and the model will spool back up. I'll take back off and do my auto. Or uh, another situation is um, I'm out there flying, I hit throttle hold, I auto the model down, I get it down on the ground, and you know not not much before or not much after I get it back down on the ground, I'll um, 
turn throttle hold off and the model spool does a quick spool back up and I take off and do another auto and I'll just sit there and I'm just cycling the throttle hold switch and, and doing autos. Uh, yep. I won't touch the throttle cut switch. Yeah, because your blades are still rotating at a very fast RPM where it's not going to, you know, the tail's not going to kick or anything. Yeah. So it's safe, it's safe to do it. There's a certain limit, but yep. it, you know, usually once you land, it's safe to do it uh, and it'll spool right back up without tail kicking. Now, if it's you know, obviously, obviously yeah. if you're starting to count the blades, it's best to too slow. Best to reset it. Yep. Another little tip here: uh, if you notice that your model flies fine, everything's fine, uh, but when you do autos, you'll notice your model will shake a bit, uh, especially as the head speed starts to decay. Maybe you're on the oh, ground, yeah, and good one. You can uh, you can drop your head gain a little bit. Um. I, I know for myself, I, I drop my head gain down uh, lower than some might expect. Uh, but the way I test it is basically, so I'll drop my head gain, and I usually go pretty low because one with with a dropped head gain, the heli's not trying as hard to keep its angle. Um, it's gonna it's gonna let it go a little further than usual, and I'm fine with that because it's an auto rotation. I don't need the gyro trying to hold so tightly when head speed's decaying. Um, but one of the things I notice is if you go too low and you're doing if you're if you're comfortable with aerobatic autos, for example, I'll have the model in a in a slight inverted orientation, kind of in a dive, but going towards inverted. And I'll notice if the gain's too low, the model will flatten out, and the model will flatten out and it won't hold its angle. If the gain's right, it'll hold the angle in the in the, in the partial dive I'm doing with the heli, and um, that's why I know my gain's uh, low enough. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, it makes it easy because once I get it down low and if I want to pirouette or, or do corrections, uh, the gyro is not fighting with, with decaying head speed to try and make the model, you know, uh, behave itself. Because, you know, let's be honest, it's already behaving itself. It doesn't have much head speed to do anything else. Um, don't, need the, don't need the gyro stealing head speed. Uncovered uh, throttle hold switch. Matching pitch curves. This doesn't hold for most everyone. Uh, the two groups I see that will deal with ma- with pitch curves that don't match are those who are flying F3C. Um, and for those, uh, they already know how to do autos. <laughs> uh, the other group is usually the guys I see who are new and... Um, they read uh, John Salt's book on how to do helicopter setup. And in there, uh, John Salt has written uh, something that's older now where you do a, uh, a negative, uh, on your negative side of your pitch curve, you limit it. Uh, you limit it to uh, very little negative. And you may even adjust your positive, uh, which can cause, cause you if you have, uh, you know, a perfectly linear... Um, pitch curve for throttle hold if you go from like normal to hold the model will uh pretty much instantly go towards the ground if you're low to the ground (laughs) um so do realize if you if you have non-matching pitch curves uh check and see if your radio has um what do they call that feature delay check see if your radio has delay so you can delay uh you can delay the the pitch change, and it it, it sets in uh, slower than just doing it immediately. 
Or uh, if your radio doesn't have it, um, be aware that, you know, hitting throttle hold while you're in negative collective uh, is something you have to do high if you're going to do autos, uh, not something you do low to the ground. Um, or uh, limit your, make your throttle hold pitch curve match your normal pitch curve. And, um, uh, you know, just, just remember that's how you have your model set up. Last one on here I have is blade tightness. That's kind of important if you don't want to fold your blades and have the heli fall out of the sky. <laughs> so when I'm flying for competition, my blades are set up very loose. And it's so that the model at, at my lower head speeds, the blades can lead and lag as they need to, and they're not trying to fight uh, friction of, of the grip. Um, in that, I also know, you know, the auto I do for competition isn't, um, it's not as risky as an aerobatic auto. So when I go out and do aerobatic autos, like someone's saying, oh, dude, you should do a, you should do a blade stop. Sometimes I know, or many times I know when I'm in an environment where people are going to be yelling at me, blade stop. Usually fun flies. And usually as that flight goes, I, I know if I'm comfortable doing blade stops or not. So you may notice before I go out and fly, I will tighten my blades. Uh, I basically say, if you know you're going to go do dumb auto stuff, like blade stops could happen or your purpose is going to do blade stops, tighten your blades a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, take out the tor uh, take out the um, the Dewalt compact uh, compact wrench and just or compact drill and just <laughs> no you'll go to a you'll... car mechanic and just have them tighten them motherfucking pieces of shit right down there <laughs> done <laughs> impact yeah, wrench impact. <laughs> all my all my bearings are shot but my blades ain't going loose yeah they um, ain't moving <laughs> I'm gonna have to I have to take a block of wood and a hammer just to try to put them back together so I can put them in the, the blade holder so I can put them in <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to crash the model to get my blades together to go back in the car. Yep. <laughs> yep. Can't can't fold the blades, so I'm just going to have to bend them across my knee. Nah, I guess it's going to have to go crash it. Um, no, I, I, I make the blades tight. If I know I'm going to go do dumb autos or I'm in a fun fly situation and people are going to be yelling out for blade stops, I'll tighten my blades before I go fly. If I know I have loose blades, uh, I'll delay it. I'll delay it. I'll delay it. I'll, uh, maybe next flight. <laughs> blade stop that oxy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, blade tightness. Those. So those are the items I would typically cover on setup of a model uh, for auto rotations. Um, yeah, those are the items I'd typically cover for, for setup on a model. Um, next part I would say is baby autos. Um, people will fight and try and tell you they're not an auto rotation. Uh, I don't care. Uh, we know it best as a baby auto and baby auto is basically, you know, two or three, two or three feet off the ground while on a hover, hit throttle hold and control the descent to the helicopter. When you do this properly, the model the model should not bounce off the ground. You should not land it so hard it breaks landing gear and starts trimming grass with your tail. Or if you land if you smash it down the ground hard enough from a hover, you break a landing skid. And the model tips and the blade starts scraping the ground. That's wrong. 
No bouncing, no braking. Baby auto, two to three, two to three feet, hit throttle hold. Let it let it settle down uh, closer to the ground and start uh, pulling up your into positive collective right before it touches. Um, you don't want to you don't want to hit throttle hold when you're doing baby auto. You don't want to hit throttle hold and instantly start feeding it positive. The model will jump up from two to three feet to like six feet, and at that point you just killed all your head speed and you are going to drop from six feet to the ground, and it will bounce, <laughs> and hopefully it won't break anything. Because that sucks. So, uh, typically baby auto, uh, bring the model down two to three feet, uh, nice stable hover, hit throttle hold, let it start settling, and then start feeding positive slowly to set it down on the ground. Um, you can try from six inches, uh, six inches, one foot, two foot, three foot. Um, there is an area about auto rotations and baby autos where if you're going to have the model fall straight down, there is, uh, there is, there is heights of, <laughs> there is no return. You are, you're, you may be coming down too fast, and when you start feeding positive, the model will still settle through it, and you're going to smash the ground. You're too high, and when you try and do anything about it, you're just, you, you, there's, there's an area where you are increasing your risk of smashing that model, and I would say it's pretty much over like. Uh, six, eight feet to, to like 15, 20 feet, you're just in a no man's land of this isn't going to work out well for you. Um, you're not at the altitude where you're, uh, you're gaining head speed as you're descending. You are losing the, your head speed the whole time. Agree. And also, to be honest, I've 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 watched it and I've done it myself where you're doing an auto where you're you're flying forward, but then you flare too early and too high, and now you're 20 feet above the ground, but you do have head speed and you're just falling straight. You're, the model is coming straight down level. Um, it's likely to happen, but uh, you know you'll you'll work it out as best as you can. But that gets in that no man's land of you gotta start recognizing when an auto is. Is is gone pear shaped, bail out, bail and it's bail it's out. time to bail out. Um, we'll get to that in a bit, in a bit though. Uh, baby autos, yep. Pick a good pick a good uh, amount of height, two to three feet is really good. Um, that way, if you do pitch it up, you don't go towards like <laughs> six, eight, ten feet, and you really fall out of the sky far. Uh, two to three feet, uh, try from there. Um, one of the reasons I liked baby autos is. Before a lot of the manufacturers started raking their landing gear, certain manufacturers, when you set the model down with power on, the tail blades may hit, you know, a little bit of grass or something, and it would snap. The, it would, it would, it would break the tail gears. Um, not going to mention any manufacturers. That was one of the big pushes why I, I started learning baby autos. Is uh, you know, with a baby auto, your gear, your your motor isn't driving your blades to drive through the object with a with the power turned off. It'll usually fold like a tail blade or something if you land the tail into something too tall. So it'll usually it saves the gears and you get to fly again. You just go, well, that was kind of dumb. I need to be more careful and you get to fly again. Um, that brings us into uh, getting ready for your first uh, auto rotations where you're in forward flight. So on, on your first forward flight autos, you want to start with a model upwind. Does that sound correct, Shaggy? Yes, you want to go into the wind there. Against the wind, eh, you're, you're 
mean, it's just like a, okay, so it's just like a plane. For people that do fly planes, it's kind of like landing. You want to land a plane into the wing. You do not want to land against because you're going. You're basically the airflow is is trying to flow over the wing in front of the plane, and you're just, you're not going to gain any lift. It's the same same thing. So during this episode, you're going to hear us say upwind and downwind a lot. Uh, what we meant when we said upwind was to fly the helicopter to the downwind side and then point the nose upwind so that as you're doing the auto, the air would uh, run through the rotor disc in your direction of travel. Yeah, so you want to do it upwind. Um, that way you have nice clean air going over your rotor blades, which will give you more head speed, a longer time to settle the model down to land on the ground, and you have better control over its location. Right. Uh, yeah, downwind is in the direction the wind is blowing. You do not want to do downwind autos, because what happens when you do downwind autos, when you flare, the wind will hit the top of the rotor disc, the and it will, will push you towards the ground. Uh, it doesn't help you get your head speed. You can do it. I've watched guys do it. I've done it myself. You can do it. Yeah, you can uh, do it if if you know what you're doing. Even if you know what you're doing, you're still increasing your oh, risk yes. for a poor auto. You know, you bounce it or it's not where you want it. Um you bounce it, it's not where you want it. It it, it just doesn't work out well. Not at all. Um the funny thing with like the 180 auto I do, I set up downwind and then do a 180 degree uh rudder, rudder, you know, rudder turn. Um, while descending, and then so that turns me from downwind into upwind, so I'm landing upwind. So you'll see me start my autos downwind, but I do the 180-degree rudder, uh, rudder turn to do an upwind landing. But, um, yeah. So uh, you want to start this upwind, so the wind is going uh, towards the nose of your helicopter. That way you're getting nice, clean air. And um, what I do first, what I recommend to folks is queue up a lower head speed. If you're flying nitro, it's pretty easy. Just uh, decrease your decrease your curve um, or take it out of governed governed mode and decrease your throttle so that uh, the model can stay you know flying uh, flying with a low head speed. Or with electric, uh, govern up a lower head speed. Try like um, you know if you're if you're flying a 700, you know you usually fly around 1950 or something. Start queuing up 1600, 1500, 1400, uh, 13, 1200 RPMs. And what I'm looking for is to fly the pattern. And what I usually look for is is set it is is getting used to how to set it set an auto up, how to how to fly it on the way down, flaring it, and then and then once you flared it, uh, usually if I'm doing it with power, I'll fly away before I touch down the ground. Um, but you know, just proper flare at a good height, and then settling settling down and, and landing. And also, so what the other things I'm looking for is, is the model, is the model within like 10 to 30, 40, 10 to 35, 40 feet within yourself. If the model is within like 10 feet to, 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 thir- to 35, 40 feet of yourself, that's good. Those are areas where you as the pilot probably have very good depth perception of how close you are to the ground. Once you start getting outside of those distances... It's going to get more and more difficult to tell how close you are to the ground, especially as the lighting in the day goes down. Um, 
So you don't if if you doing this pattern and you're constantly the models ending out ending up out over the deep grass and out of your runway, you you may be flying it well on the way down, but you didn't start it out very well up the top. And this brings me to the next point of a good auto rotation starts up top when you're night when you're up when you're up nice and high. Uh, the point the direction of the nose is pointed. Um, is is a big one just where the model's located at how close to you is the model you know like if you if you drew you know uh, a two-dimensional line how far out is the model and then from that point if you're drawing an l you know how far out is the model and and how far away from the point you want to land it is it um because you know a nice standard auto is not controlled with elevator on the way down um, and a nice auto, you know, more like a textbook auto for a standard, just auto is, is usually, uh, collective, maybe a little bit of aileron, maybe a little bit of rudder. If you had your elevator set up properly, when you started the auto, all would be well. Um, which brings me to the point of the way you would primarily control where you're going to land at with an auto rotation has to do with the collective, not the elevator. If you if you draw a, a line in your mind to right in front of yourself, draw like a forty five degree angle, and as you practice, you'll start to get a feeling for my model's flying the path. It's going to fly beyond me, so it'll fly past me, or it's gonna land well short of me. And so, if a model is gonna land well short of you, I may pull out a little negative, pull out a little bit of. of collective pitch a little less negative if the model is going to land well far of me i may put more negative in it during the descent um, which brings up the part of a lot of people say what's right for negative five degrees six degrees two degrees what's right all depends on the condition of the day really <sighs> well that's one variable uh the atmosphere so how thick the air is the which which is controlled by temperature <sighs> temperature what's density altitude uh DePaulo, what's the measurement for density altitude what, feet above sea level feet above sea level temperature and what's the third item humidity humidity yep that really controls what your atmosphere is for the day um that is one variable in it uh, the next is how heavy your helicopter is, your blades. Um, all these things really control how much negative you need in your model when you descend. Uh, and so you can't just dial in five and it'll be good. <laughs> uh, the way to do it actually is when you get comfortable, when you start practicing these patterns... When you can hear what I refer to as the rotor head making a purr noise as it comes down, you you found the right spot. If you're running with a low head speed flying this pattern with the motor on, you will still hear the purr. Um, when you hear that purr, you're in the sweet spot for where you should be at for your collective to do the, the flying portion of it down. If... If you hear what I refer to as swishing or squeaking, 
You are not at the sweet spot. You're around mid. You're around mid stick. You're you're closer to positive than you are negative. You need to add more negative if you hear that swishing or squeaking. More like a whistle. Or a whistle. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. If you see your rotor head, uh, I've heard it referred to as strobe, or you see it kind of like stops for a second, like you can see it pause, you're in the positive. You need to quickly get back to negative. Um, or if you're still high up and you're new at this, you need to flip out a throttle hold and bail out of this auto. You done set up wrong. Um, because if you see that strobing, you're now under 1,000 RPMs. Um, you're, you were quickly running out of altitude and good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were already out of good ideas if you ended up like that. Uh, I'll be honest. When people ask me to do slow autos, I'll take a model up really high and I'll start the auto and I'll start, I'll start creeping towards positive. Oh yeah. I do that too. I love doing it. That's where you get those nice floating autos where you, you can start counting the rotor blades, uh, yeah, that, that's how you enter those. It's a whole new different type of auto there, and you got to really know what you're doing and how to bail out of that uh, to be able to you know do stuff like that. Um, yep. But no, yeah, getting 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 that model to float where you can really start seeing that strobing. You start counting the blades, but you're maintaining the right amount of pitch and the right amount of forward momentum to keep it in that same position and. Of course, you you can have it hang there until like the last fifty feet, and what you got to do after that, you got to put the nose down, start putting a little bit of uh, negative, and then start flaring it to try to gain your head speed back so you can land it safely. You don't want to float it down all the way because once you try to flare it, guess what? You've already bled out the head speed down by coming down with you know with it strobing. You don't have enough head speed to flare. You are already flaring while you're coming down. So, uh, I will I will we'll get in later about. Pointing the nose and qualifying that. Okay. Um, for for now, for the standard auto, um, yeah, get a low head speed set up and take your model off of your right or left shoulder so that you are upwind. Uh, I usually fly the model away. Uh, once I get up in the altitude in the area I want to be in, I will pyro 180 degrees to point the nose back towards me. And I will then push forward elevator a little bit to start a little bit of forward flight. Uh, level the model out on elevator. So now I've got a model that's level. Drop it into a negative collective. And then uh, for the standard for this for this practice auto with the motor on, I will then just work the collective to make the model descend on that 45 degree line that you've drawn in your mind to put the model. For those who aren't comfortable yet landing right in front of yourself, you're going to want to go a bit beyond yourself. So try like five or six feet or 10 feet beyond yourself off to your left shoulder. If you started from your right, it'd be off your left. Um, and you, you're going to fly past yourself. Uh, as you start getting closer to the ground, you'll pull back in the elevator to flare. And you will work your uh, collective gently uh, so that you'll flare. You'll hear the rotor head speed up a bit. And as the model uh, starts, uh, begins slowing down going forward, you will then push forward and elevator level the model and start feeding the positive collective to do a settle down the ground. This is with uh, this is with the motor on, so I will flare, 
The model stops its forward momentum. I will then level out an elevator, and then I'll pull up on collective and take off and go do it again. I want to see the model. I want to usually I want to see the guys that I'm helping them. I want to see them consistently getting into the same area. If they're going right to left, you know, 15, 20 feet out, 20 feet out for themselves and 10 feet off their left shoulder. I want to consistently see them hitting spots. If they are hitting everywhere in the field except where I want them to, dude, don't bother hitting throttle hole because I have no idea where you're going to land. <laughs> I want you to be. Uh, I'm looking for the guys to be specific or be consistent on, on getting to a spot. Um, something Apollo and I have been doing for years is bring your blade holder out with you. Uh, put it down in the spot, 20 feet out, 15 feet off your left shoulder. Put it down the spot. That is your location you're trying for. Your blade holder is made of foam. If your if your if your tail blades or your rotor head catches it somehow, <laughs> the heli will still. Which bend. we've done that. We got big old <laughs> slashes on our blade holders. <laughs> I, I do at least. Uh, yeah, walk out there, your blade holder, set it down. That's your spot you're practicing to. Um, and you know, just keep flying it. Be consistent. Are you getting in the area of your blade holder? If you're missing it and you're 30, 40 feet away from it, every direction except over it, you need to keep practicing that pattern until you're consistently getting near that spot. Um, because the inconsistency is just increasing the risk that you're too far away to see distance, I, to see to see how far you are off the ground. Um, uh, keep doing that. Um, after after you become consistent with that pattern, now we're tar- start talking about hitting throttle hold. Um, you're going to still do the same pattern, uh, except, and like I said or, uh, said a bit ago, fly the model up, uh, turn it around rudder 180 degrees, make sure that nose is pointed towards you. Do a little bit of forward, push forward elevator, get a little bit of forward flight going, pull it back a little bit, level the model out, uh, drop your collective so you're in the negative collective, hit throttle hold. Now the model is going to come down. The model should be level. Uh, the reason I keep t- saying about model levels, uh, as I'm, I'm referring to, is the angle of attack. Playing guys know this pretty well. Uh, heli guys don't think about it much because we can do some stupid angles of attack for 3D and we just fly around. Or beating the air into submission with it. When you're doing an auto rotation, the motor is not beating the air. <laughs> you you are now uh, you are now at the whims of of uh, at the whims of uh, physics and without a motor. That's why I want you to keep the model level, is so that as you go forward and you're dropping uh, altitude, the air is still rushing through the rotor head. If you point the nose towards the ground. You're changing your angle of attack closer to zero degrees. The closer you get towards zero degrees of angle attack, um, the less RPM your rotor head will keep as you fly or as you're as you're falling. Um, and there is a certain point where you have more airspeed than you have head speed, and you are not going to be able to control to land the model in a controlled fashion. You are. <laughs> that, that actually, it's, it's, you can actually get into a retreating blade stall if, you, uh, if you're if you moving too too fast forward and not enough head speed. Yeah, I haven't seen it happen in autos, but those of us who play around with really low head speeds. It, the possibility is there. Yeah, the possibility is there, but usually only those of us flying uh, really low head speed 
uh, like you're talking like 900 to like 1100 RPM and go cruising across the sky really fast. <laughs> uh, usually find retreating blades tall. I actually um, but, almost did that with my E7 at RCHO. I was flying about what, about a thousand RPM or so. Something like that. You were low. Yeah, I was low. You can see the blades. You can see the the strobing. And I just went full yeah. collective, and I, I, it started getting squirrely. It, it, I, I, I pulled out of it just in time, but if I was to go a little bit faster, a little bit straighter, it eventually would have stalled. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so during an auto, you're not looking for a, a, a zero angle of a zero degrees angle of attack. Um, you are, that is, that's advanced. That is advanced autos. <laughs> Um, you need to you need to have a lot of experience with your model to understand how far you can push it before you lose complete control of it and you just have a lawn dart. Um, but you want to keep the model nice and level. And as you're coming to, as as you're coming towards the ground, or you're controlling you're controlling your collective. You hear that purr. Uh, you're coming towards the ground. You do that flare. You stop that forward that forward speed, but you'll hear your head speed increase. It'll build up, and then rise. It stops that forward uh, that forward uh, direction. You will uh, then level the model out at elevator, and then start feeding it positive collective to do a nice gentle set down on the ground. Um, that is a basic auto. Now here's some here's some qualifying things about. About items I'm saying. You've heard me say, point the nose towards yourself. The reason I say that is, is if the model is not pointed towards you, a few degrees, a, four, a few degrees away from you, nose pointed away from you, in the 100 to 200 feet you're about to fly, the model can be, you know, 100 feet out from you. <laughs> you know, if the it's it's going to fly, it's going to fly, it's going to fly way beyond where you can accurately judge you're close to the ground when you're finishing an auto um, you would be surprised that even with the nose pointed towards yourself the model isn't going to land on top of you 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 will still you will still you were still uh, safety will be first it'll take over your head and you may do a slight uh, uh, rudder adjustment on the way down or a little bit of an aileron adjustment and the model will land in front of you um, that's that's why i keep saying point the nose towards you uh, the reason I say to hit throttle hold when you're in the negative collective, the reason I say that is to help you keep your head speed. Um, one of the tricks that Curtis Youngblood, uh, one of the ways he did he did blade stop autos is he would put the model into a climb, and he would hit throttle hold while it was in positive, and he would leave it there, and the model would the head speed would decay, he would do a blade stop, he would slowly drop the collective on the model, it would spool back up, and there's your blade stop. So being in positive and then hitting throttle hold is a great way to start a blade stop auto as your first auto. If you want to do that, of course. You don't want to no. do that. So put the collective at negative before you start your auto, and you will increase your likelihood you'll keep great head speed on the way down let's just put it this way once you start losing your head speed it takes a lot more altitude to gain it back yeah um so if you have a very small window of uh altitude (laughs) 
Yeah, you don't you don't want to you don't want to waste your 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 head speed to try to correct something that you could have fixed in the very beginning. Yeah, if you if you start it out right, you won't have to do much for corrections on the way down. Or or at the bottom, if you if you start it out wrong up up top, it's going to be the more and more corrections you have to do at the bottom when all you really want to do is is land the model nicely, not Bounce it, not bounce it, or toe pick it, or <laughs> lawn dart it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> lawn dart. Lawn dart it. Yard, yard sale it. Uh, Smash. Roll it. Roll it across the field. Tumbleweed. I mean, yeah, tumble. I, I, I've, I've done all these things. <laughs> let's just say, let's uh, put it in, in, in perspective here. So, congratulations. You got this big ass freaking 10 feet tall four by four truck and you stop it at a stoplight just before a hill now the light turns green and you gotta floor it to get it up this hill look how much effort you have to create that truck to go up this hill before you go back to 55 miles per hour which is the speed limit then having it already at that speed while the light's green and you go up that hill no problem it's kind of the same. It's kind of, you know, to put it in perspective, it's kind of similar. Already start your descent. So you're already in motion. Then you hit your throttle hold. Yep. You continue that motion without any effort being lost or any any head speed being lost. You know, the effort, it's, it's effortless to just keep on going. Then to have it at positive, so you stop the truck and then start your auto, basically start adding negative as you're already losing your head speed. So basically the truck going up the hill to try to get back to speed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a decent analogy. Um, a big reason, you know, a big reason is this will serve you well later on when you start doing more advanced autos on just, you know, getting the auto set up properly. Uh, what it has to be set up like when you start it in order to be uh, in quarter, in order to increase the likelihood of success when you end the auto. Um, it'll also help you judge when an auto has gone pear-shaped well before you are basically going, well, this is over. I'm going to go pick up my model smashed on a field. Um, you'll be able to judge better when it was set up properly up top that it's like, oh yeah, this is good. Or, oh no, this is bad. I need to hit, I need to turn off a uh, throttle hold and fly it back a bit right. more or try this again. Um, all in all, do not be afraid to bail out. Don't just yep. don't just commit to it. it's like I'm committed. It's going it's going to go down no matter what, whether it's in pieces or if it's together. Don't be afraid to bail out. I mean, that's what it's there for. Which will bring me to a point on bailout. When when I bail out of an auto, I usually do it with my collective at mid. Yes. I don't I don't usually want to be in the positive and I don't want to be the negative. I want to give it I want to give the the motor the least amount of effort to get that rotor head into an RPM that I can control the model. Yes. And mid-stick is the place yes, to go. Yes, of course. It's going to spool uh, up faster. And also, if you have it more on the positive side, your tail could also kick, you know, could rotate a couple, you know, couple of revolutions. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you got your collective in the wrong area and you flip throttle and you flip out a throttle hold, uh, the torque the motor has to output in order to get that rotor head turning may turn into you doing pirouettes before the rotor head really gets spinning as fast as you want. Um, so usually if I'm bailing out, go to mid stick. 
let's just say your heli will be the one spooling up and not your rotor blades. <laughs> it'll take a while. Yeah, oh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it'd take a while, but it could be scary. The model could get out of level. It's gonna hell out of you. You're setting. It's gonna scare you, and you 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 increase your risk of messing up your. Oh model. yeah, because I mean, the model could could start you know oscillating, and worst case scenario, yeah. you could actually boom strike in something like that. Um, it's rare, but yeah. you actually could. If your setup isn't quite perfect and something like that happens, and you're, let's say your damper, well, Nick already explained that dampers doesn't cause that, but uh, usually, usually when it when it when it came to this, is it was much more common on a fly bar heli that when you bailed out, uh, you would you would smack some stuff and you would end up with a lawn dart. I would say in fly barless helis, it's it's a lot less common. But uh, many of us have seen that, you know, if your blades are too loose and you do positive, like you do positive, uh, if you go into positive collective, the blade folds, yes. you'll actually notice that the leading edge can get lower than your boom. Yes, yes. and, you and it's strike. not really a boom strike as in the rotor head, the rotor head teetered and caused a boom strike. It's a boom strike as in you got a, you got a folded blade trying to spin up to speed. Yes. And that's that's where you get the the uh, uh, auto rotation boom strike from is a folded blade positive collective smacks the disc bad combination bad combination back to mid stick if the blade folds at mid stick I'm still not in path of my boom um, and if I went to full negative while it may fold back uh, I'm gonna plummet towards the ground faster so mid stick when you bail out um, okay some technical things. Technical. Everyone has heard uh, collective management. <laughs> Everyone's heard collective what management. What the hell is that? I I've never heard of that shit. At least I don't use it on my fireball. Um, and and as we sit there and think about it, uh, you know, lots of lots of explanations will be given. But the simplest answer I've come down that is scientific is the management of potential and kinetic energy. Now, how it's taught in the school textbook, the example that many of us may remember when we hear about potential and kinetic energy is the roller coaster. The roller coaster, when you're at the bottom of the roller coaster, you just start out, you have very little potential. If they, if they turn the power off, you're going to roll forward a few feet. Nothing's going to happen. You'll notice you usually in a roller coaster, you leave the station, it takes you to the first hill, the biggest hill. Yes. The chain takes the, the chain picks up the, the coaster um, and it takes you to the top of the hill. As you're climbing, your potential is increasing. And then you get to the top of the hill, your potential energy has climaxed. You're at the max level. It's peaked. You're at the max level. You will not get as much potential energy again uh, after that point. You've reached the highest point. You're not going to get as much potential energy. When you start going down the other side, that potential energy, uh, think about it like, um, like, like water shifting from one side to the other. Your potential energy, all the water is on one side. As you start 
uh, descending and you use your collective to manage it. Your potential energy is shifting to kinetic energy. Your rotor head is spooling up. You have movement. You're, you are coming down. You now have tons of kinetic energy in that rotor head. So now you're managing that kinetic energy. Can you keep it on that downward slope and get to the ground before you <laughs> waste all your kinetic energy and, and turn it into <laughs> yard sale, yard, yard, lawn dart? Collective management is just managing that energy. And so you're going to trade the potential for kinetic. Now, things that increase potential energy. The weight of your model. Oh, it's a big one. A, he- a heavy model has more potential energy than a light model. Um, it's got the mass and the weight to be able to, you know, you know, get more more head speed pretty much. Yes. But now, it comes at a cost. It does. And, and we'll get into mm-hmm. those things. The weight of the rotor blade, a heavy rotor blade has more potential, has, has, has a greater potential than a light rotor blade. Um, those two are huge on your potential and kinetic energy. Now, when you're first starting out autos, and I'm saying you're doing standard you know, a n- nice standard auto textbook, just, you know, float them, you know, bring the model down a nice 45, land the model. For many guys, I would say, choose your favorite rotor blade and go do it. Heavy rotor blades can be really awesome because if you manage your energy on the way down properly, they will have a high amount of kinetic energy and they will allow you an extra little moment to uh, finish your flare Get your model flat. Use your collective to set yourself down gently. Whereas a lightweight rotor blade, once you complete that flare and that rotor head is sped up, it doesn't have as much potential, and the and the rotor blade will slow down quickly. <laughs> In other words, you know, a light blade goes at the end. It it just spools down quickly, which means a lighter blade. Don't mess around. Once you flare, you need to set it down. But lighter um, blades also have a potential, uh, a uh, an advantage. Of course, we'll get into it later. But yeah, we'll get into it in a moment. Um, heavy helis, yeah, they they give you they give you. So as you as you come down, you had more potential. So when you flare, you will realize the full extent of that potential and how much kinetic energy gets put into that rotor head. Now, the the interesting thing with blade weight is when you move from standard autos into aerobatic autos and you keep trading your potential and kinetic energy back and forth, a lighter rotor blade will spin back up quicker. So if you're going to do a tick-tocking auto, <laughs> um, a pyro-flipping pyro auto. Or a, um, a full loop under limbo contest auto. <laughs> that was cool. It was. Um, a lighter rotor, a, a lighter rotor blade, and 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 Nick spoke about this in our blade episode a bit ago. He likes light rotor blades. Yes, when aerobatic autos, when you keep trading potential and kinetic back and forth, it is quicker to do that trade. Just like a roller coaster, you go up the first big hill, <clears throat> you go down the you know, first, and you go down the backside of that gigantic hill, and then you do loops and rolls. But you'll notice they keep getting you know smaller and smaller. You keep trading that potential and kinetic. So a lightweight rotor blade is quicker to trade that potential and kinetic energy back and forth. 
a heavy model, uh, a heavy model will also make it easy to trade that, or not easy to trade it, but it will it will give you more potential and kinetic to trade back and forth. A lightweight model, while you know, I, I a lot of people here in the area know me as flying a lightweight model. I got a seven hundred that's at ten and a quarter pounds. I do lots of autos with it. It's not the easiest model to auto rotate in that you have to know its its envelope of of performance of you know you've gone far enough nothing better is going to happen from here bail out <laughs> to uh it's it's easy to do a floating auto with the model because it's light and with the right amount of wind i've had times where i looked like i am hovering a hundred feet in the air it just doesn't seem to be descending because there's enough wind up there which is fun with the light model mm-hmm. but whereas you'll notice raja you know like raja bort kosh flies around a, a miniature aircraft uh helicopters you always see him out there with gassers gassers are known to be heavy he has a ton of potential energy that's one of the reasons why he's able lots of guys have seen him he will fly around 10 feet off the ground and cover like 150 feet of space yes. He has a ton of potential energy in a 13-pound model. Throw it in with some you know, uh, rotor blades that are, uh, you know, of decent weight. He's got so much potential energy that he can do some pretty cool autos. And people are just like, damn, how? Potential energy, tons of it. You manage, you manage your collective properly, you're going to get the kinetic energy and you can do some cool stuff. We saw a lot of that cool stuff at HOD last year. Yes. Including um, one that didn't pull out. <laughs> Too much potential, not enough kinetic. Yeah. <laughs> which which runs me into the point of when you start pointing the nose of your helicopter towards the ground and you're putting your, your angle of attack towards zero degrees, you're trading kinetic for potential. You need to know your model. You need to know when enough is enough and you can't do that anymore. And you need to pull back on elevator and start spooling the rotor head, start, start right. trading that, that uh, potential. Uh, potential from potential back into kinetic. Because there's a point where your rotor head stops and, okay, so uh, for example, uh, dives. You don't see many pilots. It's, it's a lot of times it's a bit of an optical illusion. They look like they're diving at the ground, but they're not really diving at the ground. They have a really low angle of attack, but they will put a lot of collective pitch on the model in order to force air through the rotor head. If you put the model into a true dive and you go zero collective, you will do a blade stop. You, you will send that helicopter back to China. Yep. And the problem is, is that... When you go to spool the model up, your model's going for terminal velocity, and you're trying to spool up. You're not flat. You're you're well, a flat model doesn't fall as fast as a as a model pointed at the ground. <laughs> right. When I mean like nose down right at the ground or tail down pointed right at the ground. So you're you're going for terminal velocity. Your rotor head stopped. You are in a status screwed. Hopefully, you have enough altitude. The rotor head gets enough speed to it that you you have authoritative control over the model you can flatten yeah. it out and fly it back otherwise you're you're about to you're about to lawn dart a heli you know it's gonna stab in the ground <laughs> and there's also times and we've seen it at hod where 
he didn't pull out in time and actually the model pushed in on top of the head and then just went straight in because it basically stalled there was there wasn't enough head speed left and just by that change uh you know trying to change the um the disc you know from you know vertical to horizontal killed the remaining head speed pushed the model forward and went straight in yeah uh we we definitely saw it during hod last year and there's there's videos out there of uh <laughs> Nick, uh, he put the model into a dive and he had just enough authority to put it flat, but you can hear it. The air rushes right past the blades. Nick? Yep. He did it a couple years ago. Oh. Well, it's not a couple. It's probably about five or six years ago now. It was with a Thunder Tiger, a Thunder Tiger E720. Oh, I didn't know Nick did that. Um, I was talking about other person. Yeah. You're talking about Kyle, Kyle Stacy. Uh, Kyle Stacy. Yeah. With his goblin. He, uh, ended up with a, he ended up with a dive, and he ended up lawn darting a heli. It had just enough authority to flatten out, but it was too um, late. The the it was too late. Way, way too late, unfortunately. Uh, the, the rotor head didn't spool back up in enough time to do anything. He it, it didn't even it didn't even get control. It just it just plowed the ground. Oh man, that was. Nick did the same thing. You can actually hear the air go right through the disc, and the disc just stops, and the model just plows the ground and bounces. So there's this area of. You're going to start pointing your nose at the ground. You need to, you're, you're learning something new about your model, about how it performs with the motor off. Um, be careful. Oh, yes. It's your model. I mean, do what you want, but do realize you, um, a lot of guys, what they're doing is they're pulling a bit of an optical illusion, which was kind of what I was talking about earlier in gains. Uh, for an inverted auto, um, I will I will go up right side up and at the top I will push forward on forward elevator going from uh, I was right side up I will then go to nose point at the ground but I'll go a little past it a little past it so now that it's kind of inverted and you'll keep that positive collective which brings it towards the ground really fast and you hit throttle hold but I'm not pointed perfectly with the nose towards the ground. I'm not making a straight line of the ground with the nose of the model. I'm making a straight line by keeping the collective pulling that model into a straight line. So I keep a bit of air going through the disc so that I can then use elevator to flatten the model out, you know, kind of a flare in midair as I transition into a full inverted. And then I can roll, I can roll out, I can flip out, I can, I can transition right side up to do a, a landing. But do realize a lot of that's an optical illusion. They're not perfectly pointed at the ground because you don't you don't get you don't get two or three you don't get like five seconds of of pointed straight at the ground of authoritative head speed to pull. It's kind of like when people do uh, a knife edge with a helicopter. They're not and, and it kind of hangs there for a while. They're not really doing a knife edge. They it's it's an optical illusion. They're going across the sky, but they're actually either pushing it towards you know kind of going to either if they're far out they're pushing it towards towards the front or if they're you know close up they're pushing it out but at a but the, the ground they cover it doesn't look like they're going that they're going out or in uh but that's how they're that's how they're doing it a perfect example of this is is uh you'll see you'll see some of the the pros who are really good at um oh why can't i remember hurricanes they will get that model what looks to be knife edge, but 
if you get at the right angle, you'll notice the model isn't knife edge. It's actually it's actually not perfectly knife edge. It may be leaning. So if you're if you're disc out if you're disc out doing hurricanes, the, the disc is the the the, po the part lower to the ground is is further away from the pilot. The top the top that is away from the ground it is towards the pilot more. You know they're they're flying it they're flying it around in the shape of a toilet bowl. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, um, because perfect knife edge in a helicopter, you don't create lift, you just fall. Yes. Um, and so the, it's it's a bit of an optical illusion. And then, you know, and the thing with the hurricanes is the guys are using just the right amount of collective, the right amount of elevator, you know, to fly a hurricane, you know, you know in that manner with, with the right amount of rudder control to keep it that way. Because, yeah, even, even, even though you, with a hurricane, you're pushing out. You're you're basically pushing against the air to kind of keep it in that moment that momentum. If you had it perfectly ninety, you're not pushing off the ground. Gravity's going to take over, and you're just gonna you're going to be making the circle, sure, you know. But you're you're not keeping it off the ground. It's going to slowly yeah, just fall down. Yep, it's going to fall. Gravi gravity yeah, wins. Which which brings me into pointing the nose. You're you're not a. With the nose pointed, you're you're in you're into advanced territory with autos, and you uh, you need to have a good amount of it's it's good to realize that this is a time when you're gaining experience. Um, play with it, take it slowly, get a feeling for it. Yeah, uh, definitely. When you're starting autos, do low head speed. If uh, I, I would tell you that I was really uh, I was really comfortable with with upright autos and even even loops for autos, just doing like very sportsman like forward flight for autos. <clears throat> I was nervous about inverted autos. I went back and queued up a low head speed and started flying the pattern, um, seeing where I was pointing at, realizing that I didn't have my rudder uh, adjusted properly to get my nose pointed to where I wanted to put the model at down, um, how far out the model needed to be when I was hitting throttle hold or how close it needs to be. Because um, uh, I would say for for inverted autos, when you're, doing, when you're covering lots of space and doing tricks, you'd be surprised. You may need to be further out than you expect whereas a standard uh, upright auto at a 45 degree angle you don't have to be that far out as as you would think not like an inverted auto where you start playing with angles yep because you're going to have some obtuse angles in there as you draw as you draw things as you draw you know quarter loops and such right on um pirouetting autos when you're doing pirouetting autos, like if you just start the helicopter flat, you're going to have to use more collective, more negative collective than you're used to. You got your tail that's going to that help bleed off your head speed. Yeah, your tail system is going to steal some, steal some, uh, steal some uh, uh, energy. It's going to steal some energy out of that rotor head. So you'll have to do more negative in order to keep the speed in the rotor head. Um, You'll notice as is if you're doing it wrong with a with a with a pirouetting auto, if your head speed is getting too low, the tail will stop pirouetting or slow down. <laughs> and uh, no, no, it'll stop pirouetting, and you'll end up weather veining because uh, you don't want to do a straight down auto, which means you're still kind of following that forty five degree line, but um, you're pirouetting now, and. <clears throat> Oh yeah, you'll notice that it, uh, it, it, your, your your tail will kind of stop and not want to go, you know, forward. It doesn't want to go forward in front of the model, so then it's going to start like going back. 
Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna weather vane. It'll just stop, and you'll pretty much it'll stop right at the point uh, that your nose is pointed in the direction of your uh, motion. So you'll weather vane it. If if you do that, um, you didn't run into gain issues. You didn't have enough negative to keep a to keep the rotor head spooled up enough to have authority over um, control authority over where you wanted to do. Be. And if you're too low, bail out and do it again. But if you're high enough, add a little more negative. Yeah, knife edge autos. Yeah, I commonly do inverted into knife edge. Um, uh, two tricks I found is don't be perfectly knife edge on your aileron orientation. And the other one is uh, use your rudder while knife edge to point the helicopter nose a little towards the ground. Because if you point the nose towards the air when you're in that knife edge orientation, uh, you're... <laughs> Your tail will uh, bleed head speed, <laughs> trying to keep the trying to keep angle while falling. <laughs> Your tail's not big enough to keep it up. No, but it's 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 it's, trying. it's big enough to to bleed head it's speed. Trying. And it's small, but it's mighty. <laughs> well, it'll it'll bleed head speed. It'll scare you. You'll be like, what? Oh, and you'll just you'll you'll roll out of it real quick and and get that head speed back. <laughs> You were doing a couple of those at uh, RCHO. I saw that. Yep. Yeah. No. It's it's something I'm actually pretty co- comfortable with because um it's, it's cool looking. It's very cool looking. I saw you do that. I was like, oh wow. It is cool looking. I gotta I gotta thank Doug Darby for challenging uh, myself and uh, Mark Faff to that a couple years ago at Hell Extravaganza as to who will keep knife edge the longest. Oh, <laughs> knife edge into the dirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the tricks I found is <clears throat> point the nose a little bit towards the ground with rudder once your knife edge and you'll hold your, you'll hold your head speed better for the rollout and you can hold knife edge longer. Um, and who knows, I might just ask Shaggy to delete this part before I give that trick to everyone else. Oh. oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Last but not least, people ask me why I do sliding autos. One, it's a trick. Two, you'll see me do sliding autos on a more standard auto. When you screw up that equation of potential and kinetic and you're just at the end of an auto, what you can do is if you still have some kinetic energy, I would say more than some, you will push forward an elevator and let the model settle down onto its skids while still having forward motion. That way you can slide it and you can use negative to stop it. Because what would happen is if you don't push forward and let it, and let it, if you don't push forward on the forward motion, you notice your head speed's too decayed. You're not going to get a gentle set down. You're going to bounce a model. And your tail's going to hit the ground. And tail's gonna hit the ground. You're gonna bounce a model, and and that can be rough on bearings, blades. Uh, blades are blades are stronger these days, but yeah, if you if you drop a model hard enough, you can crack a blade. Especially if the weight, um, is, if you have really heavy uh, tip weight blades. Yeah, um, they're str- I, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't cracked a blade dropping a model hard enough in an auto that I would not consider a crash. <laughs> the Bosch auto. Um, but 
most of my friends who've been flying for much longer than I have have plenty of experience with breaking blades in autos that they've pretty much dropped the model. So um, and the blades just flex too much. Um, but the blades are stronger these days. You'll be surprised. They'll take a lot of a beating. But uh, So, yeah, a lot of times if I'm doing an auto and you see that I do a small slide, it's because I felt I did not have enough kinetic energy left in the rotor head, but it had a lot of potential in the model. And I couldn't trade it fast enough. So instead of stopping the forward on the flare, I'll flare a little push it forward with still with a little bit of forward direction going and just slide it and then just use negative to stop it just on the just ground. be careful on where you do those sliding autos you you do it on yes. asphalt okay you do it on a really smooth pay uh, or smooth runway like you know the you know the the first rc club or maybe like like a grass turf from a golf course do not do it R- rcho <laughs> you will destroy that model. RC, for those who don't know, RCHO is basically on top of a landfill, so there's a bunch of holes. Yeah, I mean the the ground the ground settles as as the trash does its thing underneath, and um, it's a it's a capped dump that's uh, I think over fifty years old. Yeah. But um, yeah, that is not a field to do sliding autos on. Uh, you run the potential of messing up your model. Um, yeah, our home field in Fredericksburg, uh, I will do sliding autos in most of the standard areas of the field. The back flight line over the... Um, drainage field. Uh, over the drainage field's a bad spot. Yeah, for nowadays, <laughs> it's leveling out. It's leveling out, but uh, um, no. that's not a great spot yeah. for it. Uh, yeah, um. The, another one that's kind of odd is Geotechs. Uh, Geotechs is really popular amongst mini clubs for planes as they run it out over the grass. It's nice and it's and when it, when it's when it's tensioned, it's kind of like uh, when it's tensioned, it's almost like a uh, trampoline. Um, I do not like sliding autos in that material as it's not tensioned enough to stop my ten pound model from bouncing off all their rough grass underneath. And I found that stuff will almost like a trampoline kick my model back up in the air with no head speed and <laughs> and roll it or toss it around. And then I've, yeah, great. I just experienced a crash. Man. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, a sliding auto, uh, I felt I had a lot of potential, not much kinetic. I don't think I can trade it from one to the other. So I will do a small flare while still giving it a little, while still leaving a little bit of forward momentum, push forward an elevator, let it slide or let it go forward and then uh, let it settle down. Uh, the next is, uh, last in here is, uh, I look forward to windy days for autos. Yes, they that's a big are, one. They are easier. Yes. Um, especially when you're doing them, when you, when you start it upwind, you just keep getting fresh air and uh, you'd be surprised so- how much. How much, uh, how how much longer your model may uh, hover at the end of your flare before it oh, sets down? Absolutely, RCHO. Oh yeah, it was nice with that wind, uh, and it, it was. was coming in the um, right direction. So it was coming uh, out. <laughs> so it was coming like so where the flight line is, it's going out the flight line. So we can hover kind of towards ourselves and, and and be able to you know fly out and then come in. Uh, yeah, that. 
Yeah. So those days when you go out to the field and you're bummed because it's, you know, too windy, because, okay, helicopters do fly better in the wind, but there's still, you want to do, you don't want to really fly in really, really windy days. I can understand that. You know, I'm, I'm a plane guy too. I know. Um, but don't just, don't you, don't let that just, you know, just, you know, ruin your, your day. Go out and practice, you know, use this, de- this time to go out and practice autos because, Flying in wind is fun when it comes to autos. That I look forward to windy days for autos. Uh, and also yeah. the best time to practice different orientations is during windy days because you can get comfortable coming in, let's say, right to left because the wind is going left to right. But what if on this other day it's going right to left? Now you got to fly left to right. Yet That's your weekend. Good day to practice. Yeah, I will. I will say um, I have my strong side, my weak side. Um, for autos, I prefer going uh, right to left. Same here. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of. In the last year, uh, I've been, uh, I've been forced into weak side autos a lot more. Um, I can still tell you, I can still critique myself and see it's my weak side, but I'm a lot more comfortable with it than it was before. And so I'll take advantage. I'll take full advantage of a day where it's still weak side and go, I'm doing autos. Yep. Uh, weak side doesn't become a strength unless you practice. And one auto every flight is not practice. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. The The other thing is, is if the wind is blowing in your face, you'll probably want to start with the helicopter further out in front of you not off your side um if it, if the wind is blowing at your back you'll want to start with a model closer into yourself um and uh you know if th- those two things if you are past that point and you're playing with 180 autos uh you'll probably realize that depending upon the wind direction just where you need to place the model a lot of times, if you're placing the model, if, if if your autos are not making it where you want them to be, and you're having to force it to where you want it to be, a lot of it, it all comes where you started the auto rotation upstairs. Uh, you're starting it in the wrong place for, you know, the wind direction that day. You know, is the wind blowing? Is the wind blowing? Uh, is the wind blowing uh, left to right, but slightly in at you? Um, that'll that'll put a model where you'll want to be a bit closer to yourself than you would think in both in both how far out in front of you it is and uh, how how far away from your shoulder it is you know off of your side so do think about that you know which direction is the wind that controls your placement and just how hard you're gonna try to get it back down to you um, okay close out. Uh, so first up, check out all the other great heli podcasts, Freefall RC, yes. RC Heli Hooligans, Full Pitch RC, and uh, BKRC Park, B- BKRC Podcast. Uh, every one of the podcasts, <laughs> as uh, Kevin and Freefall started last week, has Mike in it. Mike! Every podcast every has a Mike. Every podcast has Mike, apparently. I haven't heard him yet, but apparently every podcast has Mike. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin was adding Mike, Mike to every Mike, podcast Mike, Mike, when they're Mike. naming off the names for every one of them, and... I turned around because there's there's many of us in in these podcasts. We actually have a chat group. We talk amongst each other, and I just renamed everyone. I nicknamed everyone in, in the Facebook chat group, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So mentioning all the other podcasts, we totally didn't forget you guys last week. We totally didn't. 
<laughs> you guys no, just couldn't uh, hear it. A, but it was there. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, always happy. We're all out here doing this, and uh, uh, it's good fun. Uh, happy to see the hooligans back. I'm wondering where full pitch is at. I don't know. I am excited to see Walt Ned back at it again. And very consistent, too. They've already put up three episodes within, like, what, two weeks or something like that? Or three weeks since they started? Uh, which is great. Mm. Yeah, they've been doing one a week. Yeah, they've been doing one yep. a week so far. So I'm not sure if they're gonna, if you guys are going to keep up with that. But, uh, you know, it, e- e- even if you guys don't, hey, I, I'm glad you guys are back because I miss hearing you guys. Uh, <laughs> of course, Freefall, they are, you know, once a week. I don't know, you know, 171 episodes so far. Right? That, that's, that's pretty pretty impressive. And uh, where the hell are you, Jimmy Jones? <laughs> uh, we'll find him yeah. soon enough. Probably busy. Um, Probably busy. If you like what you're hearing, please comment on iTunes and Podbeam or Podbeam. Help others find the show. Uh, if you don't, well, I'm sorry. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Please comment or rate us. Uh, uh, you know, if you got if you got topic ideas, hit us up an email, uh, which we'll uh, say again in a moment, or hit us up on Facebook or messages. I'm always interested. Like I said at the beginning, um, a listener, uh, a listener gave us feedback. Uh, you know, and I know when I'm on the fields, a lot of times it gets uh, later in the day. I start doing autos, and people naturally walk up and start asking me, like, "How'd you do that?" So that's a fun topic to take on. Yep. Shout out to Scott Graham for the mention. Yep. Um, last, don't be afraid to uh, don't be afraid to do autos with your belted uh, your belted tail model. Yep, not uh, as good as a torque suit, but they do work. <laughs> they they work. They work. There's no problem in working. Just use more negative. Just use more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ha- I can definitely tell the difference between the logo a uh, logo 600 SX and my T Rex 600 Nitro because they weigh about the same. The T Rex 600 Nitro definitely autos better, but the logo still autos really well. It's a built-in model. It still does well. Actually, the Goblin, the Goblin 500 does pretty dang good too. I actually love autoing that thing, and it's a 500, and it's belted. Yeah, yep. I, I remember when I was autoing, uh, doing autos with the Synergy 516. Um, it's a belted tail model, and yeah, it was a uh, you know come out of the sky with a nice heavy purr in that rotor head and flare and, and touchdown. <laughs> Uh, you know, DePaulo is having audio issues to today, but uh, it is not unusual for him to do uh, back-to-back autos with a Gowie X3. And he's not hearing us. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Rip. Uh, oh, yeah. Nitros. That's one of the beautiful things about Nitro is when you do hit throttle hold, uh, the RPM, the engine goes down and the clutch disengages. So you just have a bunch of radial bearings spinning. And I find a nitro has a little bit more hang time, which also means that, that, that trade when you're, when you're shifting your energy between potential and kinetic, it does it better. Oh yeah. It bails out quick. Then, then well, not about bailout. It's just about shifting the energy and just how much hang time you have. Oh, I see what you mean now. Um, yeah, the bailout I find to be nice because 
it, it comes back up into the power. It's not a, an immediate like an electric motor where um, sometimes you end up with it, it, it spools up so darn quick and you are so low that it spins them all. Yeah. Electrics or, or nitros are a little nicer than that. The you know an electric when you're doing an auto, you're over you, you're you're uh, you're basically spinning with a one way bearing disengaged, but it's not fully disengaged. There's still friction going on in there. It's just not <clears throat> spinning. Uh, there's not enough friction to spin the main gear uh, to spin the main gear against that motor. So the motor is holding the gear, and therefore the friction's low, but not not as low as a as a nitro. Uh, one day, pull back your motor away from your main gear. Spin your rotor head with blades. Put your put your head below your blades and spin it, and hold your hand against that main gear to feel how much torque that rotor head has to put against the main gear. Uh, is putting against that main gear to stop that uh, stop that gear from going. Um, you know the funny thing is, was it the new was the new Henslet the TDF slow fly? Oh, TDSF. They don't have a. Yeah, the TDSF. They don't have a one-way. Uh, it just overpowers the motor because the motor is smaller than the most of what we're used to flying in 700-class like helis. 500-size motor. It is, which means that the rotor head can overpower the motor and spin the whole assembly. It's like, what's this little tiny-ass thing right here? Oh, that's nothing. Uh, whereas the most of the motors we're used to flying, the rotor head does not produce... <coughs> Um, doesn't produce, doesn't produce, uh, well, we got one way, so it, it overcomes that. Basically, um, it, it'll be equivalent to the same friction on a one way. <laughs> yeah. And now you're just reducing weight. So, and that, that was the whole point for that yep. model. Yeah. And I can say with a, with a lightweight model, when I take it up really high on a windy day with a lightweight model, it's not unusual for me to have to work to get it back <laughs> because the wind will try and push it away. Basically, from you me. are now thermal flying a helicopter. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yes. Which, honestly, um, there is a video out there of a guy thermal flying a helicopter, and it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I'll have to find that link because that was pretty cool. There's no yep. motor in um, a helicopter. Uh, upcoming events we're attending. Uh, sadly, uh, before this podcast is published, the next event will probably be finished, and that is the Heli Spring Fling, May 1st through 5th. Uh, all of us are attending. Well, well, wait. And, well, uh, two of us are attending. One's going to stay in his camper and, <laughs> and and be a, be a hypocrite and complain about people staying in their campers. Oh, let him yeah, be. Yeah, I'll let... He's, he's got a Uglo he's working on, and, and, and a lot of people are excited for that. Yeah. Uh, next event is Heli Domination in Fluvanna, Virginia, May 17th through the 19th. Um, some friends of mine down there. Uh, it's a local field. It's, it's, it's a field about an hour from my house I fly at. Um, next one is Dragonfly, June 21st through 23rd in North Carolina. And then the next one is the Mid-Atlantic Heli Championships. Uh, that is an event I am running. Uh, I'm going to do that in North Carolina this year in uh, Goldsboro, June 28th and 29th. That is a full-on competition doing uh, doing freestyle F3N stuff, so freestyle uh, competition and also the F3C, F3C style where it's set maneuvers the whole way. Um, new, pilots, new pilots are welcome. Uh, I'm happy to teach guys things. Uh, usually also have a few friends there who are uh, competitive like myself and have been in it a while and are also happy to join me in teaching. 
Um, uh, with the disappearance of RC Flight Deck, uh, I'll be doing registration on field. <laughs> if you know you're coming, give me a shout personally or even hit me up on Telerotor and it'd be nice to hear you're coming. I must be in a cave. RC Flight Tech is done. Well, they've got two events that they are doing registration for till those events happen, but they are sanctioning uh they they are they're accepting no new event registration. Aww. Yeah, they're done. Why can't someone pick them uh, up? Uh, business. Business. Freaking money. Uh, next up is the AMA Heli Nationals, 20th through 23rd. And then after that is Urcha Jamboree. But don't forget that there is the Urcha World Championship going on that starts, uh, Heli, it starts with Heli Nationals and it ends during the Jamboree. Um, you can skip if you're, if you're interested in getting into that, uh, you need to contact, um, West Manier at uh urcha and um you contact him if you want to get into that if you want to fly in heli nationals uh the first time this year ama is doing online registration so at ama's yeah. website you can register for nationals. i am registered they took my money yep <laughs> i i am not registered yet. oh wow first <laughs> time i've beat rob yeah wow. um uh before we get to the next next uh fun fly yep. is is there confirmed dates for hod I think it's the same. These are so the events I am naming oh, wait, are events to, we are going to. I may be going to HUD. H- I may say screw it to your event. Uh, if you don't show up at my event, I will take apart your E seven before nationals. Shit! <laughs> He's gonna grab that boom and swing it against a four by four. Ah, uh, nah, nah. I just might start stealing parts out of it. On eBay. No, nope, I'll just take it for myself. Um. <laughs> Uh, HOD, which is uh, an event I uh, I really enjoy going to. Oh man, I've been going there uh, since 2015 every year, and this is this is going to be hard for me because I, I, I it's an event that I do enjoy, but I got to practice for competition a lot this year. Yeah, um, HOD is the same time as Mid Atlantic. It is uh, June 20th, 29th, and 30th. Um, I I know I won't be there. I out shaggy will be there and uh depalo i am not sure <laughs> we, we're, we're not we're not sure on anything for depalo he, he's he's been attending a plane events he's going to a plane event this weekend yeah yeah this might be the first one he signs up with with a plane to fly well he doesn't have it's not flying yet no, he has his foamy. <laughs> he was just, he was just, he, he has, he has his, he has his foamy. I forget what model that is. Uh, it's, uh, um, something. Yep. But after the Urcha Jamboree is the Fall Heli Mowdown. That is September 27th and 29th through the 29th at Fredericksburg, Virginia. And then the Heli Extravaganza is October 9th through 13th in. Woodruff, South Carolina, at the wonderful Triple Tree, where Joe Nall is also held. All these events and events that listeners send to us to help make noise for events we may not be going to, but want others to see, you can find on the Heli Calendar for 2019. A link to the Heli Calendar is stickied to the top of the Telerotor Facebook page. Um. 
Yeah, and uh, it'll take you to our place in Google Drive where we host that at. And you can copy that link. Uh, I do go in there and update it as we go along. Um, usually events that we're going to, I keep at the top, and then I have a, a separate little table going on below for events that friends have told us about that uh, we may, we probably won't be making it to. <laughs> but it's always good to have um, it is. Yeah, it's it's good to see where events are at. And sometimes with uh, with me knowing about events and seeing empty places in the calendar, I can make plans for travel. Because like right now, August is a big smoking hole for – there's no events. There is. There's no events from the end of July to the almost the end of September on my calendar right now. Wow. Yeah. So we need – Which is also usually a time I hit my – I hit my uh, – I'm tired of flying. <laughs> yeah, that was my per my my, my my personal. I'm tired of flying. That uh, that hit. was me after um, RCHN, and then of course th- that following weekend was the fall heli mowdown, which I kind of was burned out. After that, I didn't fly for over a month. I just I was I I just I didn't work on anything. I was like I wanted that break and. Yeah, after getting ready for nationals and, and, and running around for Urcha and just all the practice beforehand. Getting sunburn on your face and having that crease where your hat's at. <sighs> every year, man, every year. Man, 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 shush. Silence, <laughs> <Shush. laughs> uh, uh, Hello, calendar. Sticky to the top of our Facebook. Facebook.com slash Telerunner. Um... Thank you, all your listeners. Mike, you still there? See you on the field. Still there, Mike? Mike. Mike went to bed. Anyway, see you later, everyone. Could have. Let me smash. Scott Graham, (laughs) let me smash. Man, I had him going with that. That was freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as we enjoyed taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search Telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field.